Hey, Armstrong and Getty here. And the real estate market is about as crazy as it's ever been. I mean, it's just none of the old rules apply anymore. Everything's different. You gotta, you, you need expert advice. And there will be a new set of new rules next week, too, probably. That's why you have to get great real estate representation, good or bad or mediocre, will no longer do. Give Robert Millward a call. Robert's with Intero Real Estate now at 204-9493. Maybe you're thinking about selling. What's your house worth? Get a good solid number instead of a wild guess. Maybe you're not upside down anymore because, as Jack said, the rules are changing. Who can get approved for a short sale? Who can get approved for a mortgage? Call 204-9493, 204-9493. Talk to the only guy I'd use or go to JoeGettysRealtor.com. That's JoeGettysRealtor.com. And we will make America great again. Thank you, Arizona. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. So I just wanted to play that. Uh, welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show. That's the end of the Trump rally in Arizona. Huge crowd, raucous, the usual thing, packed house, people going crazy. And he ends with, we'll make America great again. And once again, that's the he, same song, right? Always, like he did at the convention. And I haven't heard anybody comment on this, and I don't understand why. What is the message there? It's not an accident. That every time he speaks, including at the Republican convention when he gave his big acceptance speech, they play the Rolling Stones. You can't always get what you want. What is that? What is that message? We originally thought that maybe somebody was kind of doing yeah. a, a subtle yeah. trolling of him, like the, no. whoever works the the DJ booth at the the, the Cavaliers Arena that the right. RNC no. was at. That's, but... that's clearly a message from Trump. He chose that song that he's now used for two years. To be the the song he plays to his giant crowd after he gives a speech. What is what is going on there? Come on, boys, take them down. <laughs> how, how oh, do you, shut up! How do you take that? You can't always get what you want, but if you try, sometimes you get what you need. He, he he's doing that on purpose. Does anybody have a guess? <laughs> If I'm being overly charitable, he's saying, I understand I ruffle feathers, but, you know, I'm I'm the guy this country needs right now. Well, okay. If you're not being charitable, what do you think it is? Screw you guys. I'm going to do what I want. <laughs> That's kind of what... Which is part of his appeal. Right. <laughs> like, I know you don't like me, and I like that you don't like me, but it doesn't matter because I right. won sort of attitude. Yeah. I didn't want to get hung up on this. I just think it's interesting. I mean, because like Jim Roop was saying, you know, he's talking bad about Mitch McConnell. That's not going to help him for the 2018 Republic. He doesn't care. <laughs> he does not care. This is the one of the fascinating things to me is how people constantly refer to, is he growing his base or his base or he needs to do things to so his base stays true? If he's, and I don't have any information on this, but if he doesn't run again, does it matter if he loses his base? Well, of course not if he doesn't run again. Yeah, I mean, I just don't, I think we're we're assigning standards that other politicians had that necessarily (laughs) don't apply to him. I think he's going to, at the end of four years, if he makes it that long, you know, I don't think it's impeachment or whatever, but I still, I think he won the hardest job he's ever had in his life. And I don't think he particularly enjoys the act of being president. I think he likes being president, but I don't know if he's, he, he, 
appreciates or enjoys the job it's compared hard to, to his former life. It's hard to say. I don't know. I don't know if anybody would enjoy it. But he loves um, doing the rallies. He loves doing the rallies, <laughs> though, man. You can't always get what you want. A president playing that song at the end of their speeches. What does that mean? I don't know. So, a uh, different topic, and maybe we'll nail that down when Joe's here sometime. He is not. He's taking his youngest to college uh, clear across the country. And um, Monday we'll be back at it, man. Nose to the grindstone. And as came up a lot yesterday, um, uh, things getting real. Not only are is everybody's kids going back to school, if you got that in your life, but Congress comes back and the looming government shutdown and 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 Trump's different as we were just describing, and so maybe the, you know maybe he wants to shut down the government and see how long he can push it and see what he can get out of it. Could be very exciting. So, do I understand we have a a mall cop who's willing to talk to us? He, he's going to uh, attempt to call back. He's not sure how that'll work okay. with the start of his job, but uh, okay. yeah, he had some some anecdotal experiences cool. to share. I would like to hear that. So Hillary Clinton's got a new book out. That if I was smart, I would have brought up the title of. Um, anybody know that off the top of their head? I think uh, come up with that. But Hillary Clinton's got a new book coming out next week. The book is already printed, obviously, and apparently she's already recorded the the audio book portion of it. And what happened? Is that what, what happened? It is? Exactly. It's what happened. And uh, well, she. Hey, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to be president. What happened? <laughs> And this is her describing right here what the book is about, more or less. I don't have all the answers, and this isn't a comprehensive account of the 2016 race. That's not for me to write. I have too little distance and too great a stake in it. Instead, this is my story. I want to pull back the curtain on an experience that was exhilarating, joyful, humbling, infuriating, and just baffling. Writing this wasn't easy. Every day that I was a candidate for president, I knew that millions of people were counting on me, and I couldn't bear the idea of letting them down. But I did. I couldn't get the job done, and I'll have to live with that for the rest of my life. In this book, I write about moments from the campaign that I wish I could go back and do over. If the Russians could hack my subconscious, they'd find a long list. I also capture some moments I want to remember forever. Like when my tiny granddaughter raced into the room while I was practicing my convention speech and what it was like hours later to step on stage to deliver that speech as the first woman ever nominated by a major political party for president of the United States. You know, that little nugget about her her granddaughter was uh, was nice and sweet. The uh, the fake laugh Putin thing was exactly the sort of thing that turns people off to Hillary Clinton. So is, did, she, did she do the reading of her own audio book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That seems like a mistake. <laughs> and if the Russians could hack my mind, they'd find out I'm... Uh, uh, Pokemon, Pokemon go to the polls. Pokemon go to the poll. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Err. Uh, I realize you have to feel like that the safety and health of the free world uh, rides on you. You have to believe that to even run for president because it takes that level of motivation and and everything else to even go through the process. But, geez, the whole I will have to live with that for the rest of my life that that I let those people down. It'll be fine. Eh, Things will be fine. All right, they'll, they'll they'll find somebody else to vote for uh, three and a half years from now. It'll be okay. And it's the second time you lost. <laughs> Calm down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody had a good, thorough look at you, and most people thought it wasn't a good idea. So it's okay. 
We'll get over it. But there's another excerpt we're going to play here in a, in a little bit where she talks about being on stage in one of the debates when Trump was looming, looming over him. She actually calls him a creep, and uh, it's pretty good stuff. So we'll get to that and hopefully talk to one of these mall cops. Because I want to follow up since we got so many emails, texts, tweets about the situation with the, the, the transient guy, the homeless guy, whatever you want to call him, uh, screaming at my family that he's going to kill us. And my dealing with the police and the city and everything about that. Uh, we got one mall cop talks about what it's like to deal with those people. A lot of stuff we're going to jam in to uh, this program today. Is uh, the lottery drawing is tonight, right? The big, correct. Second biggest prize ever. We have some new information on why it's so hard to win on the way. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Another excerpt from Hillary's new book that's pretty interesting about uh, what it was like being on the debate stage with Trump and what she was thinking. Got a couple of texts about the uh, the excerpt we already played. Hillary's reading the audio portion in her own voice. I like when the authors read the books themselves, if they're good at it. But I, I've, I've, I've uh, done several uh, books, autobiographies, that sort of stuff, where the people read it themselves. And I, I just, I really like it, but... A couple of people liked the the Hillary thing, thought they, they were looking forward to hearing what she has to say about uh, basket of deplorables and that sort of stuff. This person said, Hillary, can you dry up and blow away or something? So that's that's one attitude. Uh, perhaps you share or don't. Um, uh, but we'll get back to that in just a second. So I don't know if you caught the part I told yesterday. Uh, Monday night uh, on the patio of a restaurant in a little strip mall area. With my family, homeless dude approaches our table, starts rambling nonsense. He's standing right at our table with my kids there. I said, I can't help you. You need to move along. And then he just starts screaming. He's going to effing kill us. I'm going to effing F your children. I'm going to kill your children. I mean, just he goes berserko. I get up and walk toward him to get him to back off. I thought I was just going to have to fight him there, but he started backing away. He threatens to shoot me, puts his hand in his pocket like he's going to pull out a gun. I thought briefly he was going to kill me. I mean, it was quite the deal. Talking to the police. Um, they know who he is. They almost immediately knew who he was. Been bumping around town for five years. Does this a lot. He only uh, he only issues verbal threats. He's never done anything. I haven't, I haven't sat down my five-year-old and said, the guy only issues verbal threats, so there's no need to be scarred for life by that interaction of some guy screaming he's going to kill your father in front of you. You'll be fine. This guy that they arrest regularly and let loose, he only issues verbal threats, so don't worry about it. Um, but uh, multiple angles that I've been and looking at this at, and, and what are your more um, left-leaning cities, counties, and states who welcome the homeless population for compassionate reasons, I guess? What are you going to do with this situation of, uh, of either crazy or 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 alcoholic or drugged up or whatever people I I you know when it comes to the point of me sitting there with my family eating I don't care what their situation is they can't be there you want to pass legislation about mental hospitals or rehabs or whatever the hell fine but that guy can't be there threatening me while I'm eating I'm the taxpaying citizen he needs to get out of there is my point of view on this 
And I thought, why don't why don't the strip malls or whatever, why doesn't this place have some sort of security? We got this guy on the line who does that sort of security. Mark, you're a, a mall cop sort of person or whatever you call that. Mark, welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Yeah, I work at a shopping center, okay. um, you know, at the strip mall. And um, I deal a lot with the homeless. I've done that throughout my security career. First of all, and, uh, what, um, st- start here. What uh, What do you get paid to do that? It uh, varies, but right now I'm getting $10 an hour. $10 an hour. Do you drive one of those kind of looks like a police car things? No, I walk around in okay. the heat. Do you do you walk around wearing looks like a policeman's outfit? No, I wear uh, uh, it's a security uniform. If I describe it too in detail, uh, I'll probably get pegged for what company I work for. But it's okay. got bright colors. Gotcha. It's got bright colors and not cop colors. Okay, gotcha. But uh, so tell us what your experience has been dealing with this situation. Uh, let's see. I they they yell, scream, and throw fits just like you were talking about. And then uh, I come along, I ask them to leave. I tell them they've got to walk off the property. They can go anywhere they want to, but they can't be here. And I've had them spit, yell, throw stuff at me. One guy pulled a knife on me. I've had one guy pulled a, a pipe on me uh, about three feet long. And uh, a lot of times they may, you have to anticipate that they may attack but a lot of times, you know, they just want you to back off. They want to scare you. They want to intimidate you. But I can tell you that if they do attack, I'm going to be the one going home. See, um, my problem with that is, and, and the policeman I uh, I talked to so far, a nice guy, and he's just doing his job and blah, blah, blah. But I was told more or less the same thing. I don't know maybe if all you've been in law enforcement for too long, but the whole they want to scare me that's not a satisfying answer for me as a taxpayer who's out eating dinner with my family. I don't care. All they want to do is scare you. I don't want to be scared. I don't want my children to be scared. I shouldn't have to put up with that crap. Well, and- I totally agree. Because, like I say, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to, uh, you know, I have to anticipate that they will attack, you know, but I can't. And somebody in security and people in law enforcement, they can't. All, they have to be careful in the rules of engagement. Okay, you could probably get away with assaulting somebody, or a, I should say, attacking or defending. I should say, easier than I probably could. I'm going to be scrutinized. So you might be scrutinized, but not as much as me. Uh, what, what is your uh, What is your personal feeling on a few? If a guy um, is getting a little, you think things might get violent. Are you willing to engage, or are you thinking for ten dollars an hour, I'm running to my car and going home? Well, they want me to get away, but when I say I'm going home, if I, they do attack, I'm going to defend myself to the fullest of my ability. Well, yeah, if, if someone attacks you, you're not going to lay there and let them uh, beat you with a pipe, I suppose. But yeah. So they want you, know, you they, they don't want you to engage. So in other words, you're there to, to hustle off the people who will be hustled off and the people that say, no, I'm staying, you're not supposed to do, deal with them. Uh, pretty much what I have to do is call the police. Okay, to get them to move along. And then what do they generally do? Uh, They show up on a priority basis. So if they can get there in five minutes, they will. But, I mean, you know, sometimes you wait an hour. And then what they do is they ask them to move along. They check their ID if they've got any. And then they give them a piece of paper that's uh, basically a trespass order. Right. Which tells them they can't be there anymore. And then if they violate it, they can be arrested. Right, which we learned yesterday from a whole bunch of uh, texts and tweets from people in law enforcement and DA offices and stuff like that. 
there there's not the the time, the resources, or the jail space to actually punish anybody for this stuff. Yeah, it's it's it it wouldn't even amount to a slap on the wrist. Yeah, yeah. To call it a slap on the wrist is unfair to slaps on the wrist, which actually sting. <laughs> these these pieces of paper don't sting. Maybe they eat them. I don't know what they do with them, but they don't they don't actually accomplish anything. Yeah, it's it's well, I don't like, you know. A piece of paper can become toilet paper. Yeah, that's true. Uh, society has got to figure this out. Um, well, thanks, thanks for your story. I appreciate that. I'm not, uh, I'm not fighting anybody for ten dollars an hour. I mean, if I'm attacked, I would fight to, to you know, to not get hurt. But so, as a shopping center, you're hoping that you can just run off the the most passive of the people. It's similar to like a apartments behind gates, right? It's an illusion of security. It is it is only there to kind of stave off the the most lazy of those looking to break into places or yeah. the most easily dissuade. It's not some sort of final line of defense. I'd say. And then you cross that thin line of no, this person's a little bit belligerent, belligerent like the guy that was there at the restaurant with me and there's there's nobody to deal with that. And then there's no there's no penalty for it. There's no penalty for it. The only solution is to move to where Joe Getty lives in uh, White Heights or whatever he called it yesterday. Caucasian Acres, number two. Well, well, yeah, on an individual basis, that's fine. But just in general, for where people, uh, you know, travel around and 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 cities that are trying to welcome business and uh, and 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 families to live and all that sort of stuff, they got to figure this out. Yeah, they got to come up with a solution for this. Don't eat on the patio. That's Stay the solution. Inside. Never eat on the patio. Yeah. I know people's willingness to adjust their lives to put up. I keep wanting to use an S bomb because no other word seems appropriate to me. People's willingness to adjust their lives to put up with this crap is amazing to me. We'll eat inside because the homeless run the streets. The homeless get to decide where I eat. That's what we've decided with society. Can't go here. It's a nice park, but we've decided the homeless get that park. That's what we've decided as a society. That's crazy. That's just insane. They've got to effing go. Where? I don't care. Somewhere else. I live here. My kids want to play in the park, so that guy has to leave. I want to eat on the patio, so that guy's got to leave. Where's he supposed to go? I don't effing care. Somewhere else. That's mean, Jack. It's not understanding. I know. I know. It's mean and not understanding. Society's got to figure this out. So I live in a in a town where, well, I live in the country. I don't live in the town, but I go into the town regularly. Um, I live in a town where uh, they've been very open to this. The homeless situation has just exploded in the last couple of years for some reason. And uh, I got contacted by a chamber of commerce who says they would like me to speak because there seems to be a disconnect between reality and ideology. In other words, the ideology, we just want to help these people. All they need is a hand up, not a punch down or whatever that saying is. And, and, uh, and they'd be fine. And that's not working out that way. And they want somebody with some real life experience to explain what's actually going on. I'll be interested to see the reaction. Are but, you going to, are you, are you, is the plan to speak at a like city council thing? I don't know. Well, my, my, my wife is planning to go to the city council meeting and talk about it. The city council, I have a feeling, is just going to say, well, here's another. Pro-. She's probably a Trump supporter. Listen to how mean she is. She doesn't want homeless people to get to go anywhere they effing want, any effing time, poop on the sidewalk, urinate in the park, threaten people. Whatever homeless people want to do, they get to do, apparently. 
which is crazy. If you're a 23-year-old college uh, kid walking down the street with a beer, we got somebody causing no harm, but they've got an open container. Give them a ticket. Change their lives. Send them to AA meetings. This is a crime. Homeless guy in the park with a booze? Well, we don't care. He's homeless. He gets to do whatever he wants. What kind of society is that? That's crazy. It's insane. But that's the way it is a lot of places. And local politicians will ignore it. My, they my, clearly do. My small town uh, mayor slash city council recently had a brew uh, a thing, and, and they they said everything was gold. Everything is going well. And the, and, and someone posted it on on it's like next door, but uh, well Facebook, my local Facebook. And uh, so they, they said everything is going well. Things are going good, et cetera, et cetera, blah blah blah. And the comments are just like, "Are you? What about the transients? Are you ignoring the trans? They must be just. Ugh, it's just pathetic. Everybody's being afraid of being called mean. I guess. I don't know why. I think you got in most places. I think you got the public on your side. In most places, not some of your just you know really out there liberal enclaves, but in general, I've known plenty of live downtown San Francisco people that are lefties that hate the the whole homeless population situation. They just hate it. They find it disgusting and awful and dangerous. So I don't know. I don't. I think the public is on the side of doing something about it. But but uh, well, if if local government admits that there there is a problem, then they have to do true. something about the problem. Can I just jump in here though sure. and ask, what do you do? I don't care. You get them out of here. Well, where you get do they them go? I don't they care. Go? I don't care. Somewhere you else. To somebody else's town? Yes. Fine. Then that town can deal with it. <laughs> they go somewhere else. Not where I live. That's where they go. Not Uber. in my backyard. Uber, baby. Yes, Uber. not in my backyard. Absolutely right. That is often thrown out as a, uh, I don't know, like a, an insult to intelligence. I think that makes perfectly good sense. You don't get to be here. You don't get to be here at this restaurant where people are eating. You don't get to be at this park where kids are playing drunk and acting like a crazy person. You don't get to be here. Where are you supposed to go? I don't effing care. Somewhere else. That is the answer. I'll tell you what zip codes to go to. (laughs) (laughs) Where you don't get Time Magazine delivered and the pizza place won't deliver there either. Like in San Francisco, the fact that you will walk by some guy screaming incoherently at you as you walk in the door of Saks Fifth Avenue is amazing. They don't put up with that in New York. Now, I haven't been to New York in a couple of years since de Blasio took over, but for the past, ever since Rudy Giuliani was there, first time I went to New York many years ago, scary. Scary people all over the place. Uh, Then they cleaned it up. You walk anywhere late at night, never ran into anybody. Didn't see a single street person two trips to New York. It can be done, but you you have to want to do it. Rudy's thing was cracked down on the smallest offenses right like even broken windows fix the broken window because that quality of life crimes they call right. it right yeah yeah it, it creates a culture where people think ah this is not where i can hang around right and nowadays, where am i gonna go i don't know somewhere else <laughs> and now nowadays oh let it go tolerate look the other way well you can't look the other way when some guy's screaming he's gonna murder your children you just can't you just can't pretend that's not something earplugs <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, I got more on that later, perhaps. Um, Definitely want to play that other clip of Hillary Clinton talking about what she wishes she had said during one of the debates, which I wish she would have. That would have been so awesome. That's coming up. Might have changed. Might have changed the outcome of the whole election. Oh heck yeah! Yeah, I mean, if 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 she had said that. Heck yeah! What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, State of the Union. We've got more open warfare. Trump and GOP Senate leader Mitch McConnell aren't speaking to each other. They haven't spoken to each other in weeks. 
We're going to get behind that. And new survey says a healthy relationship means being open about your bathroom habits. Oh, I don't believe that at all. Coming up, I minutes, do not believe that. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Kenny. That's one of your surveys from toiletbrush.com or something, right? <laughs> Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. So we got this text. You guys used to love quoting Clapper again and again when he talked about Trump and Russia. For instance, early on when Clapper said there's no evidence of collusion, we would quote Clapper regularly. How about now? And I thought, what's that story? Well, I've missed this story. Clapper has said something this morning. Yep. What is he? He's former now, right? Yeah, former director of national intelligence. Former director of national intelligence, bald guy. Maybe you've seen him. Marshall Phillips with the news. All right, we got major concerns coming from James Clapper. He is saying he is now worried after watching President Trump's rally speech in Phoenix. Clapper telling Don Lemon. Interesting to contrast last night's teleprompter Trump performance versus uh, tonight, which is, of course, uh, the real Trump, uh, just as it was in the, the unglued impromptu press conference uh, at Trump Tower. So I, I just find this uh, extremely disturbing. Are you questioning his fitness? Yes, I do. Clapper continuing. I also uh, am beginning to wonder about uh, his, his motivation for it. Maybe, maybe he is looking for a way out. You, have, you said you questioned his, his fitness. Is he a threat to national security, the president? Well, he certainly could be. Uh, again, having some understanding of of the uh, the levers that a president can exercise, I worry about, frankly, uh, uh, you know, the uh, access to the nuclear codes. Uh, if he, in a fit of pique, uh, he decides to uh, do something about Kim Jong Un, there's actually very little to to stop him. There you go, James Boy, Clapper. That's going to be the story of the day, I think. Yeah. Um, that has just eclipsed everything else. Uh, I, I don't understand, based on last night's performance, why you think he's uh, unfit to be president. I mean, is he trying to insinuate that, you know, he sounded one way one night, right. and then last night he's right. yelling and screaming that, they, that right. he's crazy because of that? That's not, I don't know, it just seemed like Trump doing his uh, his Trump act in front of a crowd. Well, as Clapper said, well, what we saw last night in Phoenix was the real Trump. Right. And that, that's the real Trump is apparently what worries uh, Clapper. And that just and that, that in general it makes him unfit for office? Yeah. So Donald killed in Phoenix and, and, Don, and, and he was on Don Lemon's show. Clapper was on Don Lemon's show and Don Lemon went on his own little rant about how, oh, Trump just lied and he gave a bunch of BS and he didn't tell the truth. Blah, blah, blah. It, was just, it was a Trump bashing show. Well, I, I understand the stuff about um, he has got a, uh, he's very thin-skinned, as, as Joe and I, he's the most easily butt-hurt person in right. the world, as Joe and I have been saying now right. for a couple of years right. and all that sort of stuff, but I don't know what about last night specifically made it seem worse. Yes, Sean? I, I think it's, a, I, I don't know, and it's it's from the media, so I get that they probably take it more personally, but I, I, I think his 
the the fact that the toughest rhetoric he ever uses is against the freest press that has ever existed is a problem. He doesn't use that against Islamic terrorism. He doesn't use it against the the neo Nazis that are that are praising that that he is furthering their agenda. He uses it as, uh, against the free press, and that that is what is worrisome to me. That has always been the number one issue for me in terms of of my concerns of him as a president. It is interesting. I think he's right about the press, but he doesn't talk that way about Putin or David Duke. He doesn't get that angry about them. If he did all of them as angry, right. I'd be okay with it, because I don't think that taking on the press, that doesn't bother me really. No, and, and many but, of the press's flaws are, are self-inflicted, and they need to do a better job. But, but he doesn't get that angry about some of our enemies for some reason. Well, sometimes Rosie O'Donnell needs to be assailed. But that would be a you-don't-like-his-politics right. as opposed to you think right. he's crazy. I was just wondering if Clapper thinks he's crazy or not. Because Eugene Robinson of the Washington Post wrote a column over the weekend, it's time to look at the president's mental fitness and laid out an argument for saying Trump is crazy, which I thought was pretty interesting. <laughs> and, and his argument yeah. was, you go back, and this is true, you go back and look at clips of Donald Trump like in the 90s, and he sounds like a completely different guy. It's kind of soft-spoken, long mm-hmm. thoughts, didn't flip from topic to topic like he does now. Right. And, and you wonder, I mean, my brother, who is a hardcore Trump voter and supporter, said he thinks that, that, that Trump may be, uh, you know, a little senile or something based on the way he's changed over the years in the interviews. Because um, he does, he flips from topic to topic. Right. He can't seem to stay focused on things. I don't know what that is. He was playing to the crowd. There were thousands of people going crazy. Look at his Afghanistan speech a day ago, two days ago. He can be calm. He's just... When he reads the words that other people right. write for him, he is very good. When he goes off on his own, he kind of ventures off into where it is easy to kind of point out flaws in his thinking. <laughs> I don't know. If, <clears throat> I don't know if leaping to the conclusion that he's nuts, though, is, uh, is correct. Well, we'll see. The commander of the Navy's 7th Fleet's being removed after the series of warship accidents. According to officials, Vice Admiral Joseph O'Coin was being removed due to the leadership's loss of confidence in his ability to command. He is out. Now, apparently, according to surveys, a healthy relationship means being open about your bathroom habits. Being truly intimate with someone apparently means they know all about what foods make you uh, pass gas. (laughs) And how often a person visits the bathroom. Honest Tea released the findings of their refreshingly honest... The well-respected news site (laughs) Honest Tea. Pity the fool who doesn't like my news site. Their refreshingly honest... Tired of the fake news? Come get your news from Honest Tea. (laughs) I pity the lies. They just did a survey that revealed 60% of people agreed one of the most popular indicators of a healthy relationship is being able to be honest with a partner about bathroom habits. I don't believe I don't believe that at all. Well, Vincent is I don't believe that this. at all. No, he's been a leading Vincent's been a leading advocate for we did, this. We did a marriage counselor panel one right. time. I think we should do it again because I thought it was really interesting, yep. but they said one thing you got to do is, you know, keep your your private habit stuff like that separate. Allow, you know, an air of mystery to continue into your marriage. The sort of thing you would kept private in the dating world. But when you're together 24-7, sometimes things happen, Jack. So you, 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 you discreetly say, excuse me, go to the bathroom, you close the door, and everything is fine. Yes, but what if you pass gas in front of the other person? Yes, Jack. What of that? Hard park primary. <laughs> once you do, the floodgates are open. No, I don't agree. Now, I know I had a friend in college who no. he thought it's true love if you can... Uh, 
she can be in the bathtub and you can be sitting on the stool. That's true love. I don't know if I agree with that. That sounds disgusting to me. So hot. <laughs> that is not hot. That sounds not like hot. cramped living quarters. Wow. That's the opposite of hot. You have kind of a Victorian uh, yeah. re- regard towards bathroom habits, said, right, Jack? All right. I got to take a break because I got to call my kids and wish them happy oh, first right. day of school. That's so. your news. Marsh Phillips, the Armstrong Getty Show, Voice of the West. Yeah, I got to call my kids and say happy first day of school. Watch out for those security cameras, Sam. Um, but we do got that other clip of Hillary Clinton. What she wishes she had said on the debate stage that is good. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Just called my kids to wish them a happy first day of school. They're on the way there. With uh, mom driving them to school, and I got one. I said, you excited about school today? And my oldest, who just, he likes school, he likes people, he likes social gatherings. Yeah! And the other one, not! Because he does not like people or social gatherings or... Well, this is also uh, a first thing for him. There's always some trepidation towards first experiences. I rarely get the feeling in my stomach, but there was a feeling in my stomach I would get the first day of school every year oh, yeah. that I only got that day. And like the only other times I've had it in my life, God, I don't know what, but like so horrible things. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, cancer surgery or something. I mean, that's the only other times. I mean, just that first day of school, not in my stomach. So nervous. Oh, yeah. But that, that was me. My, my oldest, I don't think he gets that way. He's just excited. Oh, new people I get to meet. He's he's got that personality, and you either have that or you don't. You can't you can't create it. You can't teach it. You just you're either excited to meet new people and make new friends, or it's just an awful uh, well, feeling. Yeah, that's the binary existence of the introvert versus the extrovert, yeah. right? When you are around, how do you how do you get energy? Are you energized by being around people, or are you energized by being alone, kind of studying, reading a book, that sort of thing? I mean, yeah. that's it's it's very clear when you see. Oh yeah, both sides of it. I didn't. I wasn't aware of that until I was like forty years old, and I read a book about it. And 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 it's helpful to know because there are people that get. Well, my my oldest son, he gets kind of listless and sad if he hasn't had a lot of social interaction. Um, he he gets around a bunch of people, and oh, that was awesome. Yeah. So it's like he's re-energized, and I'm the exact opposite. You get me in a room full of people, I walk out of there drained. <laughs> I just need a little uh, kick in the arse, and, and I'll be an extrovert. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah I'm I, happy I, went, I go places, but getting there is, is tough sometimes. It drains me, and then I need to recharge by myself to be able to do it again. Yeah, I find myself kind of that recharge mode often by myself, but if I go too long with that, I suddenly need... Yeah. Some sort of interaction beyond my own thoughts. It's not all one or the other. And as Joe often points out, the the world is set up for extroverts because extroverts are the loud ones talking. So so obviously they like other people like them. Us introverts are kind of, you know, we're over here. I'm, I'm not going to talk about how great it is being an introvert because I don't want to talk to anybody. So we don't really gather. Yeah, the, the introvert PR firm is not yeah. a very effective one. No, no. <laughs> Like maybe um, they'll discover it on their own. And I got one of each, and it's it's just interesting. And I, I hope he does okay with school. He uh, he hadn't had shoes on his feet for six eight months. What? Because of his uh, his thing that he's got going on, and uh, he's had enough therapy in the recent weeks all summer long that he was able to put on shoes, which you have to have to go to kindergarten. So we're gonna see how that goes because that twists him off. 
He hadn't had pants on in like a year. I went through a shoeless phase for a while, but that was when I was Huck Finn role-playing for an extended period of time. <laughs> Your Mark Twain phase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cosplay. <laughs> I was pantless for three months. <laughs> I thought it happens. I thought I'm wearing no shoes was because that's just how you ran out at, at the Rube Holler there. You know, you I pee we, on the, pee on the ground. We, we actually thought that, too. I thought when he was, like, up until he was, like, three years old and everything like that, we just thought... He just likes being barefoot, or he has really tough feet. No, he's got this uh, sensory thing going on that some people have where uh, they, they clothes bother them, different different uh, sensory experiences bother them. Hmm. Some people it's noise, some people it's uh, light, some people it's touch. Some people it's people eating. Y- yeah, I got, right. yeah, yeah. And your, your uh, central nervous system doesn't react the way most people's do. And um, I, I was unaware of this phenomenon completely until uh, until I became very familiar with it. But see how that turns out. Um, so I've used up all the time, and I'm not going to be able to play Hillary, which we will do. I don't have a guest at 804, do no. I? Awesome. Because this Hillary clip is interesting. From her new book, talking about one of the debate experiences, you will remember it well, because um, we were all tuned in, and how she wished she reacted as opposed to the way she did react. And I wish she had reacted that way, too, because it would have been freaking awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. (laughs) It would have been freaking awesome. Uh, So I promise that's the first thing we'll do uh, right when we come back. Hillary Clinton's book hits next week. How much did she get paid for that? Let's look that up during the next couple of minutes. It's her story of the, the whole experience. As Joe said, leave her alone. She's a sad old woman who lives alone in upstate New York. What? <laughs> so, <laughs> don't pick on her. It's unfair. The lottery is difficult to win. We have new expert information on that coming up, too, on the Armstrong and Getty Show.